Hello and welcome to the How They Did It Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alec Taylor, the founder of Diverse VC. I created this podcast to feed the curious and ambitious minds that are so similar to my own to hear real success stories and learn how they did it. Today, we have Nigel Hammett. He's a Baltimore native who attended North Carolina A&T for engineering. He quickly discovered his passion for entrepreneurship and investing in addition to problem solving. He started public speaking and created a professional development business called Resume Plug, helping fight the disparities of minorities and women in the workforce. Lastly, Nigel is an avid investor and has used his financial intelligence to pay off 48000 in student loans, buy his first car, and move to his dream city in Miami while teaching others and giving back to his community and working a full-time job at Facebook. Nigel, welcome. Hey, what's going on, Alec? Happy to be here. Absolutely. And this has been something I've been I've been really hoping to have our conversation today for this podcast. You know, you've done really amazing things. But with that said, I want to start by hopping into the fire round. Are you ready? Let's do it, man. Perfect. So I want to start off with talking about what books that you've given to people as a gift or what are one or three books that have greatly influenced your life? For sure. When I think about a gift, I use my younger sister as an example. When I was teaching her, you know, how to start thinking about finance and entrepreneurship, I had her read, of course, the infamous Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, it's not enough just to say, go do it. It's important to know why. And then probably one of the more pivotal books for me, you know, we love the self-help. We love the finance, but it's actually the autobiography of Malcolm X. I had the opportunity to read it when I was a kid in middle school and then rereading it again, you know, as a 22, 23-year-old, you know, black man. And, and it hits home just understanding his story in terms of religion, this country, and truly understanding uh, great leadership as well. And something, a lot of characteristics that he embodied throughout his life, I, I can relate to. I love that. That's a great spread as well. Just talking about the impact of, of gifts and, 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 and also just understanding your, your heritage and your history. Moving the ball forward. Tell me about a purchase of $100 or less that you made in the last six months that has honestly just been your favorite purchase that you've had out of everything. Now, when you say this purchase, Alex, are we thinking something material or software related or it could be anything? Ooh, I like that. I like that. So it can be anything. Let's Perhaps let's put it in the frame of it's most positively impacted your life. Yeah, it's crazy because most of the best things are free. Um, but if I had to think about something that I, I purchased that impacted my life positively, I would say one of the softwares that I use for my business um, is called Typeform. A little bit cheesy and techy here, but it's something that I use every day to get customer feedback, to get insight. And I actually use it when people purchase my services. They get a wonderful Typeform. It's like really cool and interactive and makes them excited. So that's something that's been like $30 a month and it's made my life a lot easier and really positive, positively impacted my business revenue wise as well. I like that. I like that. Great spin on that as well. Let's talk about failure. Do you happen to have a failure or even something that seemed as an apparent failure that sets you up for success later down the road? Oh, I have so many. Um, you want just one? Anyone stand out? Definitely uh, my freshman year of college, I was a student athlete coming into school. And most people won't guess the sport, but, you know, since we're on here, we'll, we'll go ahead and throw it out. I actually played tennis uh, coming into North Carolina A&T. And by the end of my freshman year, I was actually uh, kicked off the tennis team, which was very rough at the time. But it, it set me up for a lot of success. And, and what was it about being kicked off the team that you think was the catalyst for you being more successful? 
Well, so, you know, it's the concept of getting through adversity. And the biggest thing being transparent was like, you know, coming, you know, from my hometown to North Carolina to play sports, like everyone looked up to that. And it was the concept of like people seeing you as this, you know, great tennis player. And now, dang, I just got kicked off. So kind of facing mm-hmm. like the ability to not care about what other people think. Absolutely. That's kind of reminiscent of that Gary V mindset. I have to admit, that's kind of funny, but it's true. You have to be able to take the time to understand, like, just because I failed here doesn't mean I'm a failure in life. Like, this is something that has taught me a great lesson, understood, you know, whatever expectations that were not reached or accomplished and moving forward. So I love that. Moving the ball forward, let's talk about if you had a gigantic billboard and you could put anything on the billboard, and millions of people would see it. What would you put on the billboard? Wow, so many powerful messages. I personally would say, and just being super generic, do what makes you happy. Can you super elaborate generic. a little bit on that, man? Like, what do you really mean? Yeah, I guess, you know, again, super cliche, I'm super generic, but a lot of people don't do it, you know? A lot of people think that they have to stay with a certain job, major relationships, because they've said it. They've Similar to me in the tennis team, they don't want people to have an opinion about them, but they're truly not happy. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we all, our time is limited here. So we should spend as much time as we can truly enjoying it, or at least going after the things that we want to, you know, enjoy or make us happy. I completely feel that, man. Let's talk about investments. What's one of the best or perhaps most worthwhile investment you've ever made? And this could be money, financial, right? Or it could be time or energy. Um, I would say in two levels. The first one will be, uh, Getting a mentor with results will be my first investment. And, you know, a lot of folks that are out there may say, well, you know, I don't have a lot of mentors or, you know, I don't want to have to go find one. And it's, you know, the mentee has to find the mentor. So you can naturally get one like at your school, at your job, in your community. And there's also ways where you can like go seek one out, you know, like really plugging in, turning on their post notifications, like a digital mentor. That would be probably one of my strongest investments because I could like visualize everything that I was going after. And then two, um, not even money related. It was just the ability to fail and keep going was one of the strongest investments in terms of characteristics that I, you know, instilled in myself and has paid off, you know, dividends. Absolutely. I love that. And it sounded like you might, might actually know some resources for people who are looking to get a mentor. Do you have any suggestions on that? Yeah, I definitely would start with LinkedIn. You know, when I first started on LinkedIn, probably about four or five years ago, I I, I looked up to this, to this guy and it's crazy when you have a mentor and especially if you have a great work ethic and you have a powerful dream, your mentor will eventually be your peer or rival. And, you know, LinkedIn is a great place to start with that. So like now all my all my mentors at this point, you know, I'm, you know, and it's OK. At the end of the day, as a mentor myself, I want my mentees to be better than me. So at this point, humbly speaking, I'm quote unquote better than some of my original mentors, but that's what they want. That's you want to see other people be successful. So I say LinkedIn for sure. I love the confidence and growth. That's that's fantastic. Now let's talk about something that you've been obsessing over lately. And let's give it kind of a time constraint. Let's say the last three months or perhaps during COVID. What's something that you've been obsessing over? I've personally been obsessing over uh, automation, figuring out ways to get my, more of my time back. The 80-20% rule, trying to put, you know, 80% of my time on the 20%. And that's something I've always known. You know, you read it, you see it, but it's, it's actually a different muscle, like doing it. And I'm slowly working my way there. And that's probably something I've been really focusing on. 
So a lot of people, like, for example, I've started to use Calendly, rely on different, you know, employees or peers, perhaps to try to try to automate or, or even, you know, delegate some of the tasks. How have you been going about automating or delegating? Because I consider both of those to be in the realm or the bucket of being able to save time. For sure. So I've actually been introduced to Zapier and Automate.io. You know, very simple. You know, you don't need to be a coder or computer science. Just simple things like, hey, if somebody emails me this, send someone a message that like simple if-then statements, but not coding required. It's like a very simple user interface. So me personally, that's how I've been going about. Of course, you know, I use a handy-dandy Google Calendar and write notes as well. I like that, man. I like that. It's important. Now, let's talk about the last five years. Do you happen to have any beliefs, behaviors, or even habits that has most improved your life? For sure. Um, It's really coming down to the ability to separate my emotions from the reality or situations in my life. You know, the ability, I I almost call it like a superpower, where I have the ability to kind of put my emotions to the side and just do what's best. When the average person, you know, would probably be consumed um, or extremely discouraged um, based off what life throws at them. I have like a little ability to kind of just like shut that off for a quick second, finish the task. Of course, you know, you still have to take that time to emotionally deal with things. But, you know, that's something that's helped me on the last four to five years, because, you know, especially with COVID-19 and all of these things, going on, like life is happening. And, you know, it's not easy to battle a lot of these things. It's you're talking about deaths in the family, financial instances, but at the same time, your life doesn't stop either. So it's kind of finding that balance in between. I like that a lot, man. That, that's important too. I think it really comes down to being able to make the right decisions. And let's talk about advice you give to a college student. You're a smart and driven college student, you know, about to enter the real world. What advice would you give them and what advice should, should they ignore? Yeah, for sure. Bad advice can be expensive. So again, you want to find a mentor with results. Secondly, for all of my college students, just try things. At the end of the day, nothing you do outside of, you know, maybe something family related or like illegal is honestly going to impact your life in a negative way five, 10 years down the line. So you should be trying to do any and everything to go ahead and strike that match in terms of your passion and your dreams. That makes a lot of sense. The mentor piece you can see is a, is a concurring is a reoccurring theme here. And I think that's that's really important. I want to talk to you about that in the main podcast a little bit later. Now, I want to talk to you about bad recommendations. You hear them all the time. What are some bad recommendations that you've heard from people in your profession or perhaps your area of expertise? Yeah, bad recommendations are go after the job with the highest paying money. You know, bad recommendations are, you know, anything related to popularity or ego, um, don't go for it. Bad recommendations are, you know, having friends that, you know, necessarily don't want what's best for you. They're just telling you what you want to hear. Those are the types of areas and situations you want to stay away from. Like, because we said before, bad advice can be really costly. I completely agree with you there, man. Now, running into the last two questions that we have for this fire round, and absolutely amazing job so far. In the past five years, you know, what have you become better at saying no to? This could be distractions, invitations, whatever. You know, do you have any new realizations or approaches that have helped you with saying no? Yeah, I've personally struggled with that a lot, just being uh, very social and everyone invites you out to different things. Um, I've been saying no to a lot more things. You know, it shows a lot of strength, the ability to say no. And you'll really be helpful and thankful, like really proud of yourself for saying no. For instance, I'll say no, you know, when it came to my financial financial journey, 
to like going out, you know, with certain coworkers or happy hours. I'll say no. Um, and because I have certain goals that I'm trying to achieve, or I'll really say no to things like just honestly, we got to know ourselves. Like you're not, you don't like being in certain environments. Like you just got to go ahead and say no. The way I go about that is, is very, you know, methodical. I don't just say no. I'll be like, Hey, you know what? That doesn't sound like, um, something I'm able to do, but if it changes, I'll let you know. All right. So kind of like taking the pressure off yourself. Um, you always, there's ways to say no. Hey man, I appreciate you for inviting me. Um, I actually, uh, already got a previous commitment, but if something changes, I'll let you know. So it's kind of like that. If I'll let you know, so you don't feel bad about bluntly saying no. Definitely. I think that also just like creating an out for yourself, an avenue for people to be able to think that you're not trying to be rude. You're not trying to brush them off. You're not trying to create some sense of emotional uh, disconnect with them because you're not willing to spend time with them or not prioritize that time with them. Rather, it's just, hey, I have other objectives and other priorities that come first. And it's not to say that I don't like you, but hey, you know, I'm going to use one of my 10 different ways to say no today to be able to, to keep moving forward. I love that a lot, man. Now, the last one I want to talk to you about is when you feel overwhelmed or you're not being able to focus, how do you pull it back? You know, what what helps you get reconnected and stay focused and lock in? I believe this is another one of my uh, superpowers. And this, you know, this impacts us all. Like we all get discouraged. We all get overwhelmed. We all get off track. So it comes down to two things. Physically, you know, I might take a shower. I might go for a run, do some push-ups. I'm kind of like a shock person. I need to be woken up. Like I need to go feel something. And I do that in a healthy way. Secondly, from an emotional and mindset perspective, I take a, a step back and I actually express some level of gratitude. Like a lot of us, you know, we're looking at where we were last week or yesterday, and we need to be looking at where we were last year. So I'm just really thankful that I even got this far, that I have these problems. And I also understand that like long-term it's not going to be nothing. Like at the end of my life, whatever I'm crying about today, honestly, has no impact. And that helps me just feel better and, and push forward. Absolutely. And I think one of the last pieces, I just want to comment on that. Let's talk about grade school or even high school. Remember when when like the littlest thing just seemed like the end of the world or it was there was some social like you didn't get invited to the party or there's this girl that you liked and you thought that you made yourself look weird in front of her. There are a thousand different experiences and examples of that. And that used to be the, the end of the world for us. But now you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, man, that was just that was just a, a speed bump. Right. That was just something that gave me some more perspective or mindset to get to where I am today. So I absolutely love that. Nigel, that's the first part of this fire round. Thank you so much for hopping on and, and running through that piece. All right, listeners, that's all we have for today's fire round with Nigel Hammett. I hope you guys picked up some great things. I know we started talking about a lot of really interesting topics. If you guys want to dive a little bit deeper into Nigel's background, which I highly suggest as we have a follow up part two to this podcast, go and check it out as the next one should be posted just a couple of days after part one. Really huge thank you to everybody, all the listeners, all the support that we have. And if you've taken anything from this podcast, account that as a success. Please continue to support, continue to engage, continue to stay involved, and I look forward to having you guys on the next podcast.